What was that? I'm your host, Haley Simpkins, and this is Appalachian Unknown, where we explore all the scary, weird, and just outright unknown and unexplainable stories that have come out of the Appalachian region. Since our podcast is still up and coming, I just wanted to give you all a bit of info on me to start us out. I'm an Appalachian native myself, hailing from Eastern Kentucky, actually about 30 minutes away from where today's story will be taking place. I'm a current senior journalism major at the University of Kentucky, go cats, who loves to talk all things spooky in Appalachia. So I figured why not combine the two and share the result with you lovely folks. Enough about me though. I do want to give you all a warning for today's episode that there will be um, mention of infant loss, sadly, and live burial. So if that's something that you're not comfortable listening to, maybe go check out another one of our episodes. We have some really fun ones. But with that, let's get into it. What's your biggest fear? Snakes? Spiders? Clowns? (laughs) Or if you're like my mom, add balloons to the list. For me, it's road trips. I hate being in cars. I'm a nearly (laughs) 22-year-old without a driver's license. I mean, what's scarier than that? Okay, a lot of things are scarier than that, I'll admit, but what about being buried alive? It may not be the first thing that came to your mind, but it's terrifying all the same. This is the story of Octavia Hatcher, a woman who faced that terror and lost her life to it. In 1889, Octavia Smith married James Hatcher, one of the richest men in the small Appalachian town of Pikeville, Kentucky. James came from a wealthy family, one who owned thousands of acres of land, which meant timber and coal to build a family fortune. The transition to Octavia Hatcher was one into the world of Appalachian's elite for the young bride. But the celebration and the marriage would both be short-lived. later, in January of 1891, at the age of 20, Octavia gave birth to the couple's only child, a son named Jacob. What was meant to be a moment of celebration soon turned into a dark, depressing moment. Though the infant mortality rate for 1890 is nearly impossible to find due to limited record keeping, it is likely Appalachia is no different than the rest of the world when it comes to the fact that all mortality rates were higher before the Industrial Revolution. The mortality rate may even be higher in Appalachia today compared to that of the rest of the nation. At least, that's according to the CDC. Sadly, Jacob soon became a victim of this heartbreaking pattern. As any young woman would do, Octavia fell into a deep state of depression after losing her son. She was said to spend days lying in bed, secluded from the world, facing every mother's actual worst fear. Something far worse than snakes or spiders, or maybe even buried alive. The death of a child. 
That was until she fell into a coma. As a young creator myself, I wanted to use this podcast to spotlight other Appalachian creators who are showing the world that we're more than just hillbilly elegy. This week, I'm spotlighting a recent find on my Instagram, which is Liz Pavlovic, a West Virginia-based artist who makes tons of awesome items based around some of Appalachia's favorite cryptids, like Mothman, the Flatwoods Monster, and Bigfoot, of course. I recently bought um, the long sleeve Mothman shirt, and it is by far my new favorite thing in my closet. It literally has a twerking Mothman on the sleeve. It doesn't get better than that. Go check them out on Instagram at Keep On Creepin' On. That's at K E E P O N underscore C R E E P I N O N. Or just head straight to Liz Pavlovic Designs. That is L I Z P A V L O V I C Design to go ahead and get your spook on. By April of 1891, just four short months after giving birth to her child, Octavia was in an entirely comatose state. After a month or so of trying to wake her from her deep slumber, and with undetectable vitals, doctors pronounced her dead on May 2nd, 1891. In the heat and humidity of Kentucky springtime, and with no embalming, Octavia's funeral would be almost immediate to lower the risk of decomposition before burial. Octavia wasn't the only one in town who had fallen into a coma around that time. Other town folks started to fall into a deep sleep just like Octavia. The only difference was they were waking up. <laughs> the rumored illness was some type of sleeping sickness caused by the bite of the TCC ply, or maybe some type of mosquito-borne illness or a gas leak from a local coal mine, but that didn't matter. All that mattered to James was that these people were alive and awake. Could Octavia have done the same thing? James asked himself. As person after person arose from their deep sleep, he rushed to exhume her coffin to find a horrifying sight. Scratch marks lined the inside of her coffin. Dried blood adorned Octavia's fingertips where her fingernails once were, and her face was said to be distorted into a gruesome scream. Octavia had been buried alive. From the time he opened Octavia's coffin, it was clear that James would be haunted by this tragedy. James, scarred by the sight of his wife's last moments, gasping for air underground, had erected a monument of her at her gravesite and a second statue of the couple's lost son beside of her. The monument was lavish for the time, crafted from marvel and brought from the wine valleys of Italy to the thick mountainous forest that surrounded Pikeville Cemetery. He was said to never remarry, referring to her as the love of his life, even in the months leading to his death. He even built a hotel across the city that faced her grave, so you could look out and see her once again. The hotel still stands today, though it has changed function, function several times, once acting as a museum of oddities for James' life. The fear of being buried alive followed James until his death, where he was said to be built in a custom coffin displayed in the museum that allowed for a self-opening feature 
or a string tied to his fingers that allowed him to ring a bell if he awoke in the grave. However, James may not be the only one who is haunted by Octavia's harsh demise. It is said that the statue of Octavia will turn around with her back to the city on every anniversary of her death. Could Octavia be turning her back on the city that turned its back on her and left her to rot in the ground? Some have reported seeing a misty apparition of a woman in the cemetery. Could it be Octavia coming back for revenge? Some even hear a woman or a kitten crying in the cemetery. Could she be reliving her final moments or coping with the death of losing her child? That still remains unknown. You know what else remains unknown? How you're not already listening to Old Gods of Appalachia? Oh wait, you are? Duh, who isn't? Well, in case you're like me and you just now are getting on the hype train, let me tell you a bit about this amazing fiction horror anthology podcast based on an alternate version of Appalachia. It has everything from witches to demons to mine explosions and a hell of a lot more. Plus, I'm pretty sure I could listen to this host, Steve Schill, talk all day. It truly demonstrates the talent and storytelling tradition that come from Appalachia. So, once you're done listening to the true stories with me, go check them out at Old Gods of Appalachia, wherever you get your podcast for a fictional look at some of the darkness in the mountains. There are a few things we do know about the story of Octavia Hatcher, and that is that this story is merely that of legend and hearsay. Edna Fugit, University of Pikeville's archivist, spoke about debunking the legend with WYMT the local news, in 2018. Fugit debunked some of the most common aspects of the story, such as the idea that she was once holding the statue of baby Jacob, and that it now lies beside her because vandals ripped it from her arms, resulting in the statue's missing limb. Fugit said that this is untrue, and the statue actually had an umbrella in her arms, so there was no baby theft, even in the afterlife. Locals have attributed the myth of the statue turning around to that of a prank by local college students. Fugit told the local news that though she was unable to locate an obituary for Octavia or their son Jacob, she had assessed some personal communication from her husband James following Octavia's death. In the letters and notes, even those nearly 40 years after her death, James always mentioned Octavia, but he never mentioned any tragic death and the letters seemed absent of any painful, gruesome tone when he referred to her. That doesn't outright dispel the myth, though, Fugit said. The real account of Octavia's death would have been recorded in local newspaper obituaries. However, Fugit said that the newspaper record for those few months in the spring of 1891 seemed to have completely disappeared. Is it possible that the wealthy businessman destroyed any evidence of this tragic mistake he and the town made in his wife's death? Or is it something more paranormal? Could it be that Octavia's spirit destroyed any record of her heinous demise in an attempt to put the legend to rest? Questions like that are what make this case part of Appalachia's Unknown. Thank you all for joining me today for today's story. I hope you enjoyed it, even though it was pretty sad. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to Appalachian Unknown wherever you listen to your podcast. Let us know what other unexplained stories from Appalachia you want us to cover by connecting with us on social media 
at Appalachian Unknown on all platforms, spelled just exactly like you see it wherever you're listening, and hope to see y'all back here next week to discover something new together. Thanks.